Hey guys, it's Mark here from Legends Cast, and I wanted to give you a quick heads up before we jump into this week's episode. I had to do uh, a little bit of traveling this week, and so I was unable to record with DBN, but we'd been talking about for a while releasing one of our episodes from the Mulligan uh, for our listeners so that you could check it out. But before we did that, I did want to jump in to an announcement. Um, we are going to be launching a Legends Cast store. Um, it is going to be a temporary store that is going to involve t-shirts and hoodies that are going to be for sale over the course of about two weeks. After the two weeks, the store will close um, and everything will be prepared and shipped out over the following couple of weeks. In addition to that, we're going to use those t-shirts and hoodies that we are going to purchase some of uh, in order to use them for giveaways after we run out of pint glasses and hats, which will be really soon. So stay tuned. Next week, it will officially open. So we will post stuff about it in our Discord as we get closer. And then uh, we'll say something about it on the show and put it in the show notes next week, which it will officially open on Wednesday, um, May 19th. And I believe it's open until either the 26th or June 2nd. We have to decide it yet. But tune in next week's episode because that will let you know uh, where and how and how much the shirts are going to cost, all that stuff, how you can pick up your own Legends Cast t-shirt. Now for this episode, because we didn't have time to record and we're preparing for hopefully having a guest on the show next week, um, we did decide to release an episode of The Mulligan. Now The Mulligan is a side show that DBN and I do uh, about every other week um, so that we can uh, really flex everything that we like about uh, nerd culture in general. We do typically release these episodes for just the patrons, just the patrons over at patreon.com. So if you want access to the all of the episodes from The Mulligan, all you have to do is, is go over to patreon.com slash legendscast and you can subscribe to us there uh, if you would like to get access to all of them, which we talk about a lot of different things. Um, but this particular episode uh, was our most recent episode where we talked about uh, three games that didn't stand the test of time in one game that did stand the test of time. So we hope that you enjoy it. It is actually one of our favorite things to do. We thoroughly enjoy uh, doing them all again. It's a lot of fun for us. We hope that you will enjoy it as well. And like I said, if you want access to all of the Mulligan episodes, Legends Cast, uh, for Legends Cast, just go to patreon.com slash legendscast. And the notes for that will be in the, uh, in the description of this episode as well, if you want to visit there. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And uh, we'll be back with a full episode of Legends Cast covering LOR, hopefully with a guest, starting next week. Hello and welcome to The Mulligan. This is our Patreon-exclusive Legends Cast sideshow, where we do not talk about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. Uh, here on The Mulligan, Mark and I kick back, we relax, we chill, we chat about whatever silly thing we came up with uh, to talk about that it probably isn't worth wasting people's time with on the podcast. But if you like us and you like listening to us talk about nerdy stuff, uh, this is for you. And if you're a Patreon supporter, obviously, this show is for you. So feel free to throw any and all content suggestions our way, uh, especially things not related to Runeterra. And you never know, it might make it onto the mulligan. Uh, but I'm Deadbrook Nerd. And here with me, I want to introduce my super responsible and long-suffering co-host, Mark, a.k.a. The Lift. What's up, man? Hey, dude. You know what I was thinking about today? Hmm. I was thinking about the fact that if you and I had been friends prior to meeting each other through card games, if this would have been the main show. You know, it honestly could have been. It could right? have been. Like, we talk about so many random uh nerd stuff but we also have different experiences different like 
you know, I mean, I'm not trying to call you old, but different timelines where we hit like on different things at different points in our lives. So like, I feel like there's a really interesting dynamic when it comes to things like video games, you know, board games, card games, whatever it is, comics even, you know? Yeah, because we experience them at different at different times in our adolescence. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's honestly a pretty, pretty compelling, you know, hook, right, for a podcast. I can definitely see that being well received. Yeah, I, I, I think. Uh, well, I mean, it obviously people were paying to get to this thing, you know. Uh, yeah, sure, they're, sure, they're, sure, sure. That's why they're. That's why they're paying. Yeah, <laughs> it's not about the Runeterra stuff, apparently. <laughs> no, they're paying to get to it. So, uh, so yeah. Right. So we recorded this last week and uh, didn't go yes. so well. So now we're re-recording. No, no, no. Yeah, you know, we uh, we did record. I thought it actually went really well, but of course, uh, the audio cut out on us. So we're we're, we're giving it a, a second stab. If it sounds rehearsed, well. We have done it once before, yes. but I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll talk about different things. So the topic, the topic for this uh, this episode, uh, Mark actually came up with it, and I thought it was brilliant, and also just a really interesting thing to think about. We were talking about the three video games from our childhood, or or even just you know from the past that didn't hold up upon replay, and the one that did. And there's probably more than one that did, but one that we really kind of want to talk about each uh, that we were impressed by. Uh, I think you guys will like this one, but uh, let, let's go ahead and start off. And and Mark, what was your first one on your list? Sure. I like to always sort of preface this a little bit with saying, like, before we get into any of these discussions, it's based on experience. So it's not true. It's not necessarily true for you because I have some that may not be true for you. And it also, you may think, well, there's this other one that is way better fit. That's also probably accurate. It's also mm-hmm. probably accurate. However, for me, I either didn't, uh, oftentimes I just didn't replay that game, right? I never came back to it. And so for me, the first game that I played as a kid and loved as a kid, but went back and tried to replay and it didn't actually come out all that well for me was Pokemon Red, Pokemon Red. Now, this is a game that I have played every iteration of it. And I think that's one of the reasons that Pokemon Red has been killed for me is because I uh, because I've played the more modern versions of it. And when I think about a game that doesn't hold up to the test of time, what I typically think about is what game do I play? And as I'm playing it, I'm like, Oh, I love this. And after a little bit of playtime, I'm like, I want to play the more modern version of this game. And I quit playing that game and I go back to whatever the more modern version. It actually makes me fall more in love with the more modernized version. And for me, uh, that is in spades with Pokemon. I made remembered uh, re-downloading and purchasing Pokemon Red when it came back out on the Nintendo DS a couple of years ago and tried to play through it. And I made it to just before the Safari Zone and I quit. I just, I could not continue playing the game. However, that doesn't mean that I've quit liking Pokemon. I've played every iteration of Pokemon at this point and I will continue to buy that game every year. And, it, you know, I play it for about three weeks and I adore every single one that comes out. And I love, love the versions that they've made for the Switch. Pokemon sword and shield maybe one of my absolute all-time favorite games and to be clear still love the nostalgia pokemon uh let's go pikachu was another one of my favorite games of all time as it took me back through pokemon red with all of the music and the sounds and the experience but with modern mechanics and gameplay which is why i loved pokemon let's go pikachu um so for me the first one that doesn't stand up to the test of time is pokemon red version yeah, and uh, this is pretty. This is pretty amusing, and and 
I'm probably going to piss people off too because I'm in full agreement. My number one or my my first one on the list was Pokemon Blue. I had blue. I didn't have I didn't have red. I had blue. Uh, but Pokemon Blue for me uh, was some a game that I played so 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 much on my Game Boy Color actually. And and interestingly enough, I actually started my first Pokemon game was Crystal. Uh, but oh, okay. uh, I picked up Pokemon Blue quickly after that. And because I was such a fan of the show and I knew all of the, uh, all of the, the Pokemon, the 151, the 150, sure. uh-huh. right. The 150, 151. Yeah. I quickly went and pivoted, played that one, beat it, and then went and played Crystal. Cause I'm, I'm weird about that. Like I like playing things in chronological order when it comes to video games. I hate jumping in the middle. And even as a kid, I was like that. Uh, so was Crystal uh, was Crystal the combination of silver and gold? Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. With uh, the uh, Suicune, the the one legendary dog, like played a, a major role in the plot. You know, because because Yellow had like different plot points and mm-hmm. was like a spinoff, and they did that with Crystal too. Uh, and Crystal was just awesome game. So sure, the same the same that they um, did with uh, like Emerald came out after Ruby and Sapphire, yes. and that that and that one was, was also same. a dope dope game. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so, uh, so, so blue for me, it, it comes down to a couple simple things as to why it doesn't hold up. And I want to love it, you know, like I re I found my old Game Boy Color and my old Game Boy Color games, um, I guess like two or three years ago. And I went through like a binge of like replaying old games. Like, uh, I, I played Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, which was a spinoff Zelda game for the Game Boy Color that a lot of people forget about, but it was so good, or at least I thought it was really good. And upon replaying it. I did feel like it held up as kind of a top-down, you know, platformer puzzle-solving game, you know? Sure. Um, but then uh, I, I was like, I love Pokemon, and I, I remember so fondly playing Pokemon Blue. Let me boot it up, and golly, I didn't even get through the uh, the cave that gets you to Cerulean City. Uh, Mount Just Stone <laughs> or Mount whatever, Yeah. Uh, right after beating Brock, I was like, "Yeah, the rock tunnel." Is, I think is right after that. The rock or tunnel, yeah, it's agony, dude. And it's just like everything takes forever to move. Every like three steps, you hit a Zubat, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you can't get out of comp. Even if you run, it takes a, like so long to get through it. It's like you know what it was when I replayed this because I actually just remembered I replayed this on a uh, GBA emulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my phone in high school, and uh, Dead Broke Dad better not be listening because I would sit in the back of my English class and play uh, different Pokemon games. But on the emulator, you could do it at like 16 times speed. Oh, so you could go faster. You could go fast through the games, yeah. So I would do that all the time. So like upon replay, it was like still super fun. Um. But then, of course, being limited to the actual physical Game Boy, you know, as fun as it is to sit there and hold it in your hand, it was just, it took too long. It was too slow. And, of course, the mechanics were, were simple. It was the first Pokemon game. You know what I mean? Like, Very simple. they hadn't really fleshed it out as much. Like, uh, there just wasn't as much 
you know, flexibility in terms of like move sets and stuff on Pokemon. So it just didn't hold up at all for me. And and I quickly put it away because gosh darn it, I was not going to go all the way through that cave and waste three hours dealing with Zubats. Well, Deadbrook, Deadbrook dad likely will listen to this episode, um, but my dad won't. So I can say that, <laughs> that, it, that in college, I sat in the back of my college classes and played through Final Fantasy VII on the Nintendo DS mm. uh, and <laughs> played through that for the first time, though. Uh, that wasn't a redo <laughs> for me. I never played a Final Fantasy before I played them on DS. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I can. I didn't. I didn't get into Final Fantasy at all, except for Final Fantasy Tactics, which is a spinoff. So it's like doesn't really count. Yeah, Final <laughs> Fantasy now, JRPGs very rarely appeal to me. It's, it's it's the rare one, and Pokemon being a semi JRPG. Yeah, it's not. It's not full on. No, yeah. and, and so like yeah, but uh, but so what's what's your what's your number two? I think we spent enough time talking about Pokemon. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, it's not that we don't like those games. We, we look back fondly. We just don't want to play them again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number two came in, and, and I would have had actually a more controversial number two. My number two originally was going to be Mario Kart um, because mm. I cannot play. But then I realized I never actually owned nor played the original versions of Mario Kart. I know that they don't stand up to the test of time for me, but I didn't actually play Mario Kart until Mario Kart 64. Um, I didn't play any of the, and then later in life, I played Double Dash, which I think uh, has like two characters on it. You swap back and forth mm -hmm. with your items. That one actually does stand up. But uh, the game for me that I ended up choosing was a game that I had access to as a kid. And as you'll notice, a lot of the games I had access to as a kid came from a very specific, you know, gaming system because we didn't have more than one gaming system when I was a kid. And that game is uh, Super Mario Brothers 1. Super Mario Brothers 1 does not stand up. Now, I can sit down and play Super Mario Brothers 3. I've not retried 2, but I did own 1, 2, and 3. But 1 is just one I can't go back to. Um, not after playing, especially Super Mario Brothers Odyssey, um, which was the newest uh, Mario game uh, that's out for the Switch, is so good and so much fun. Um, and I loved every... Now, that's not a... I, I never really go back and replay games like that, but um, it was one of the games that I just got totally engrossed in for like three days and beat it in like three days like i was just like yeah. i was up till 2 a.m every night just playing the heck out of that game and absolutely loved the puzzles of it um but every time i go back now like because i have the nintendo uh, subscription on the switch like it, it's like a couple bucks a year or something and you get like all of uh, access to a whole bunch of retro games i go back and i, I tried playing super mario brothers one and my wife will play it with me and uh, and we play it together, and you know, after a couple of minutes, we're like, okay, yep, we warped, we did the secret warp level, and then we died real fast. We're we're done with this. It just makes me want to play more modern platformers, uh, specifically Hollow Knight. Basically, every time I play an old Super Mario Brothers game, I wish that I was playing Hollow Knight. And so for me, Super Mario Brothers One is the one who has not stood up the test of time. And I know, that, you know, there's going to be some Mario Brothers fanatics out there that won't like that, but. Well, you know, again, I think it comes down to the the peripheral things, right? Like Super Mario Brothers one, it's just it like dying just takes so long to get back in the action, so that like and and you lose your progress, and so that like you know if the game wants you to, it to be super hard and you to die, you need to get you back in there. Like uh, I played Super Meat Boy, right? Mind-numbingly hard platformer, you know, but it was just like you die, boom, you're back. You die, boom, you're back. Like, that's the kind of situation that, like, I feel like some of those older platformers didn't, weren't able to do. 
you know, that made it so that if you weren't really good at it, it was not fun to play. Not as fun. Right. I will say though, like Mario, uh, Super Mario 64. So good. Uh, like that is a really good game. I've played like the remakes of it and I played the original. And it's just like, you don't need to change it. It's just brilliant. So what, good. What, what's your number two, man? Oh boy. Well, this is a, I feel like this one could be controversial considering our, well, our former audience, I suppose. Um, but you know, I, I feel pretty strongly that this is the case. So my number two is Elder Scrolls Legends Oblivion. Elder, Elder Scrolls Legends? Just Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls, right. Well, also uh, the Oblivion expansion uh, doesn't hold <laughs> up on replay. <laughs> also, <laughs> No, 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 accurate. just regular Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oblivion. So when I was in, I want to say eighth grade, so I will. Eighth grade. Um, when I was in eighth grade, I got a PlayStation 3, I want to say. Yes, uh, it was 3. And I was looking for games to play on it, you know, and uh, my buddy actually got me uh, Oblivion because he played it, and he'd had a PlayStation longer than me. He was like, and you could get it pretty cheap, right? Because at that point, it hadn't been out on PlayStation 3 for that long. Mm -hmm. Or it had been out for a while. Um, and so you could get it on sale. So he got it for me on sale, used copy, and gave it to me. Um. I played that game so much because like, I don't think I'd really been able to play an open world sandbox RPG like that ever before that I can think of. Yeah. An introduction uh, to an entirely new type of game. Yeah. Like the only thing close to it was, uh, Oh shoot. What was it called? Dungeon something or other, but it was, it was an RPG, but it was like a top down, uh, party-based, uh, real-time, you know, like you assign your units and there's some role-playing aspects so you're kind of playing through a story, kind of similar to like Dragon Age Origins in terms of like okay. execution, uh -huh. right? Um, I need to look up what that game was. Apparently, like I played it so much uh, as a kid and apparently the reviews for it are super bad, but I remember loving it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's interesting. I literally just remember that for the first time. Um but uh, but Oblivion, uh, I just hadn't hadn't been exposed to that type of game, and I loved it. I played it so much. I even remember like a lot of the story beats and the story arcs. And and I swear, like I still think that Oblivion's story is better than Skyrim's. I much prefer the the main storyline of like the Hero of Kavach compared to the Dragonborn. That's just me, but uh, I I really really liked uh, the main storyline of uh, of Oblivion. But at the end of the day. After playing Skyrim, there's no way I'm going to go back to the super clunky, awkward graphics in a way. But the graphics weren't terrible, but the controls uh, of Oblivion. And, you know, even some of the, the like you had to level like your jumping stats and your agility stats and stuff in Oblivion. It just everything that was good about Oblivion got like was kept uh, into Skyrim and then the things that weren't good either got removed or streamlined or reworked, you know? So combat in Skyrim, especially melee combat, so much more enjoyable. Mm. Like I remember like learning the controls in oblivion and being like, wow, fighting in this game with like a sword sucks. <laughs> All right. So I guess I just won't do it. So like I had two, two playthroughs of it. The first was like an archery playthrough, which was fun. 
because you just shoot the arrows and then run away and then shoot them again and then run away. And you just kite the whole way through the game. The other one was uh, the, actually my my first one, I think. I don't know if I said that it, this was my first one, uh, which was I got in the game. I tried to use a sword and shield, sucked, couldn't figure it out. It was clunky. It was like, I was like, I should be hitting this thing. Why didn't it hit him? Uh, and it was just awkward because like you couldn't see around you very well. So I uh, just said, you know what? I just want to experience the story. I want to do the role playing. I want to like see this world and explore it. I'm just going to max out conjuration and summon a bunch of uh, atronachs and imps and whatever Daedra to fight for me. And then they'll fight and I'll sit back here. Maybe I'll throw a fireball. Maybe I won't. I'll just, I'm, I'm good back here. You guys do the work. I'm good back here. Let me know when it's safe. And then I'll come in and loot and talk to the people. So, uh, compared to that, I remember playing Skyrim and just like wanting to try all the different types of fighting styles and wanting to try all the different things. It just was so much more satisfying. Uh, I don't think I could ever go back to Oblivion. And I tried one time to like boot it back up and I was just like, I quickly just closed it down and went back to Skyrim. Yeah, Elder Scrolls games are notorious for being the type of games that you can't go backwards, right? <laughs> because my first experience with Elder Scrolls was Skyrim. Um, played through that and played the crap out of it. And I was like, okay, Oblivion time now, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out. And I remember it um, because my cousin got really into it. Um, and, uh, he was a lot older than me and I came to his house. We were, we were visiting his family. He was in the military and he was like, you got to come see this game. And, uh, and he was really into it. And I was like, this game looks amazing. Like, this is so cool. I've never seen a game like this before in my life. It's unbelievable. And, uh, and then never, you know, I tried to play it later and he's just like, I could not play it. It was just, un it was just so unplayable for me. Um, anyway, uh, so my number one, my last game that does not stand the test of time is, is really probably, it's probably a real controversial one. I'm not real sure. I mean, there's been so many people who've left this game and returned to it over the years, but in 10th grade, I started uh, dabbling in this game um, because my friends got into MMOs. Now, I would imagine that EverQuest 1 probably does not stand the test of time, which was technically the first MMO that I owned, although it was on dial-up internet, so I never got to be on it for more than like five minutes at a time. Um, however, uh, the game that I got to play whenever I got older was World of Warcraft. I picked it up uh, right after I was finishing high school, um, maxed a character in vanilla, uh, went into Burning Crusade, played through that, played through several other expansions up through Mr. Pandaria. And the other day I went back because a couple of buddies wanted me to go back and play it. And I was like, okay, like for 15 bucks, I'll go back and play Classic in you know, hey, well, 15 bucks a month, I'll max a character on Classic and maybe we'll do some PvP together. And I played it for a little while and it was just so agonizing so slow i was playing a mage and it was just like the whole time it felt like i summon water now i must drink the water because i'm out of mana i will summon more water i must now drink the water because i'm and it was like i never got to play the game i just spent the whole game summoning water and drinking the water to recover the mana <laughs> that i lost summoning the water it was like, this is this is agonizing. Why does it cost mana to summon the water that returns the mana? Just give me the water. Like, I just couldn't deal with it. So uh, for me, uh, World of Warcraft Classic is a game that I now I don't know how good World of Warcraft, the normal one there in Shadowlands now is. Um, but I, I just like the combat system hasn't been updated for, you know, 12 years. And uh, and I always thought there was going to be a World, world, world of Warcraft killer. And uh, I'm not sure that's ever come along. But for me, uh, it's what has killed it was Guild Wars 2 and uh, 
and Elder Scrolls Online, which Elder Scrolls Online is, in my opinion, the best MMO that has come out. I have not played Black Desert Online and a couple of others. There's a couple new ones coming out this year that I think will continue to pull people away from World of Warcraft. I think people go back to it because they do have so many hours invested in the game. Um, but ultimately, the combat system is so dry and so boring in comparison to some of the, the combat systems that you can dodge and auto-attack with. And, um, you know, there's so much more going on mechanically in a game like Elder Scrolls Online in modern MMOs. So my third one and final one that doesn't stand up to the test of time is World of Warcraft Classic. Yeah, you know, uh, I could have told you that. Uh, it's so funny. We've talked about this in the past, you and I, but uh, it's funny to look back at these games that you just loved and you poured so much time into and got so invested in and look at how far game design as a whole has come since then to the point where back then we didn't realize that there was a problem with the game game design like mm -hmm. like fetch quests and how like sometimes it would have you run all the way over here only to run all the way back and then go back out to where you were before like those are the kinds of things that will absolutely and like infuriate people now you just it's it's a it's completely it, it's just a, a it's just a death toll for for any game that decides that they want to you know ignore basic game design principles at this point but that was pioneered back then like we only know like the game designers and devs only know how to lay things out on a map because games like World of Warcraft did it shittily first. Yeah, and, and, and then people were like how do I make the frustrations that WoW had that were at the time people couldn't quite put it into words. It you know and it was eclipsed by all the amazing innovations that it had. But now the innovations aren't innovative and the, the flaws just stand out so much more because we have now played games that do it right or do it better or just streamline it to make it more fluid and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. And that's definitely the case with some, with some World of Warcraft stuff uh, for me. So uh, how about yeah. you? What's your last one? A game that, uh, that didn't stand the test of time. Yeah. Uh, number three, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. I loved this PlayStation 2 game uh, as a kid, played it with my sister, played it with my dad, because uh, you could play, it was, you know, you had uh, four, you'd play with a team of four superheroes, and there was a deep, deep roster, you know, Fantastic Four, Avengers, X-Men, uh, a bunch of street heroes like Luke Cage, Ghost Rider, Blade, you know, all those guys, right? Um, you even had, like, some weird, like, cosmic people like Silver Surfer. Right. So just a really big pool of awesome characters that like you wanted to play that. Um, and this was like pre MCU, like this is while the X-Men movies are hot, you know. Um, and so I loved uh, I loved the game as a kid because you got to go through all these amazing adventures like going to Atlantis and fighting off, for, you know, a uh, a uh, coup in Atlantis. And then you got to go to Latveria and take down Dr. Doom. And then you went to. Uh, stop Loki and Asgard and got to go on the Bifrost Bridge and all these amazing iconic comic book locations within Marvel um, that, you know, you just never were able to explore before. Uh, and of course, you obviously got to play with all the fun characters. I got to have Spider-Man making silly quips the whole time. And, and it was just it did such a great job of being a comic book that you got to play in a, as a video game. Right. Um and you got the best of every world because you know if you're if you're an X Men fan, you can team up, but you can have a team with, 
you know, two X-Men's and Spider-Man and uh, Iron Man. Like, you know, you you just do the things that you'd see in comic books where like, you know, superhero team ups and crossovers and stuff were always like the cool thing. Oh, whoa. Like Hulk is fighting with, uh, you know, I don't know, Storm. What? That never happens, you know? Um, but going back and playing it, I bought it off of like the remastered version uh, for my PS4. Mm-hmm. Going back and playing it just wasn't as fun. And it has nothing really to do with the mechanics except for maybe like I, Ian, have grown more. I don't want as much of a button mashy game as this game is because I now game much more strategically. I, you know, ever since playing Dota 2, I swear it completely reworked my brain on what's fun for video games for me. There has to be some sort of like thinking challenge involved, some sort of tactical aspect to it, uh, or just doesn't do it for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the button mashy games just just uh, don't appeal to me as much. Now, I thought the nostalgia would carry through enough. But what I began to realize is, you know, the mechanics are OK. Uh, the graphics are a little dated, but it, I don't need that game in my life anymore. It doesn't hold up for me because guess what? I can go and watch like 100 hours of Marvel movies that can do <laughs> what I loved Anytime. about the game better. You know, <laughs> yeah. Anytime you want it, you have access to it. Yeah, I can just go on Disney Plus and go watch uh, Captain America: Civil War and see all of the best uh, characters and the Avengers and stuff fight each other, Which, and it's awesome. By the way, we watched last night. My wife and I watched so Civil fun. War last night. It's so good, dude. Some of the best fight scenes in the entire MCU. Yeah, I was like, I started. We were watching it because we had just gotten done with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and uh, mm-hmm. and like we were like, we don't really remember who a couple of these characters are. And I was like, I'm like ninety percent sure that they're all in 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 uh, Civil War. And so we went back and watched Civil War yeah. and got refreshed on who the different characters were um, from the storylines. And throughout it, Jen, we got to the end, and my wife was like, "This was an Avengers movie." It's like, yep, yeah. Well, minus Hulk 100%. and Thor, it was an Avengers movie. <laughs> it, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but I I loved it though. Um, at the time, the uh, Ultimate Alliance. Sure. It just doesn't stand up because I don't need it in my life anymore. And I thought that was an interesting. I mean, you know, maybe it's a cheat, maybe it's a cop out because the game is still okay, you know. But um, at the end of the day, it doesn't hold up for me for a different reason as the other two. It's not that I don't want to. It's not that I want to play it and it's bad. It's that I don't really want to play it anymore. I've yeah. moved past it. Yeah. And I think that that's just something to be said. And like, that's okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. You want me to move on so to my you... one that does stand up the test time? Yeah. 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 Let's do that because uh, we can, we can wrap this up soon, but I'm really excited to hear this one. Uh, because if I'm being honest, I may be a, a little bit of a bad uh, podcaster, but I actually don't remember what you said for this. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so this one has had a lot of iterations as well. It's it's actually the opposite of Pokemon, um, where Pokemon has had iterations, and I want to go play those. And, and actually, that's been the case with all of these games, right? Like, I go back and play them, they feel nostalgic, and then it makes me want to go play the modern version of it, except for this game. The simplicity oh, of this right. game makes me want to stay with it. I don't want to play the modern versions i own the most modern version and i would still rather play this one and that for me is smash brothers for the nintendo 64 um super smash brothers i don't think it's super smash brothers i think it's just smash brothers for the n64 i played a lot of that game a lot of hours and to be honest with you if i was hanging out with my brother which is the only good time to play smash brothers is when you're hanging out with people you know 
it's really not a fun game to play online if i'm honest with you not for me anyway uh but when i'm sitting next to people like even even like we, we played the newest one with eight people and it is fun with eight like it's enjoyable and i had a lot of fun with it but when i sit down with my brother and the two of us play smash brothers it's gotta be pulling out his n64 blowing the dust out of the cartridge and playing and i don't get part way through a couple of games and saying you know what i really wish i was playing toon link right now or i really wish i could play ike right now i just want to and you know that might tell you the type of person i am um uh by my my choice and character but i just want to keep playing <laughs> fox and i just want to go up against kirby and that's all i want to play uh there's almost some complexities with modern versions of super smash brothers that are unwelcome um the customization of your character the spirits uh stuff that they added into the newest one the bajillion different weapons the only way i even like playing the newest smash brothers is turn all weapons off and basically play on a really basic map like the the, the movement of the maps is almost annoying to me it almost gets away from sort of the purity of the fighting in the game and uh and that's why I absolutely adore Smash Brothers for the N64, and that's my game that stood the test of time for me. Yeah, the, see, that's so interesting because, uh, you know, fighting games don't do it for me uh, from a uh, enjoyment, like from a, sorry, from a strategic perspective. But darn it, if uh, Smash Bros. isn't just fun to just screw around with with friends. As you long know? as you're not playing with the one friend who's real good, and then it's no longer fun. Yeah, yeah. No, and I do have a, a friend who's just a, a absolutely filthy Game & Watch uh, oh, yeah. player. And, and it's you're like, like, your character oh, no. sucks. Your character sucks and stupid you looking. Suck, you suck and so does your character, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, a, I'm a proud Yoshi main. Okay, you know, okay, okay. It's got a, got a really easy to use down B, and then I can roll around uh, in an egg. It's very fun. And, and occasionally case. I can gulp someone up and poop them out over the map. So. Yes, yes. That's the very best fun. part. That is the best part of Yoshi for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's a good time. I, I will say, like, Melee was is my preferred one, but you're right. Like, if I'm playing any of the newer ones, I'm like, eh, it's fun. Well, can that we might be an age. Melee? That might be an age thing, too. Where yeah, that's like, the one that I, that's the one I, I, I'm see, I actually didn't own it, but I, all my friends owned it. Yeah. So it was like, that's the one I played, you know? Yeah. And I love, um, I loved Melee. Don't get me wrong. I've liked each of them, but I go back to that one. Cause that was the first love for me, you know? Yeah. No, that, that's definitely how it goes. So my number one, uh, is it's got just, I feel like a fun story, um, which, uh, you know, I, I got this game after having the demo on my dad's computer. Um, and, uh, I must've been like five, six, maybe. Um, and my dad got this, uh, download this demo on the computer so we could play it together. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it was only a single person thing, but we would both like, we would alternate, take turns playing it. And, uh, eventually for Christmas, after us playing like ungodly hours on the one map and the one thing that it would give you. Uh, he he bought it for me for Christmas and I played the crap out of it. It's gonna be Lego Racers, <laughs> and I like I, this game. I think it's such a good racing game. One of the best like lighthearted racing games ever. Um, it had a good amount of like strategic depth, just in terms of like it was kind of like you know Mario Kart. You're blowing up each other's carts and stuff like that. But but I did love that uh, as you would go. One of the coolest things about it is you'd collect either red, yellow, or green. Uh, bricks um and so like green would make you go faster yellow would slow down people behind you and red would attack people in front of you very straightforward but you could also collect white bricks before you activate your uh, attack things like which were basically like the shells 
And if you collect white bricks, you, you'd stack them up and make them stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where like, if you had like a green and you just used it basic, you'd get a short boost. You get a white, another white brick, you'd get a longer boost. You get a third white brick, you can fly around. And if you get that magical fourth white brick, or actually it would be, yeah, one, two, so just standard one, two, three, that third white brick, uh-huh. uh, and you would get to warp ahead in the map. I do remember the warp. Yeah, I remember the warp. So fun. And then, like, I mean, obviously, like, they all upgraded like that to the point where I think, like, the max level uh, yellow one would put down, like, a, a mummy pharaoh disease or something where if somebody drove through it, all of a sudden their controls got reversed and they had to drive, they had to use the backwards controls or something. It's so like all their controls oh, got I do, reversed. I do remember that. I remember the controls yeah. being reversed. Yes, that was impossible crazy. to deal with. Yes. <clears throat> Super crazy. But like the cool thing about that compared to Mario Kart is that um, you got to build your own car and build your own racer, right? Uh, which obviously as you play through the game and play through like the different circuits and the and maps and stuff, you'd, you'd beat these like boss, um, you know, racers. So like you, the first circuit was against a, uh a, a captain like a pirate captain uh-huh. um and then like the second one was against like a dracula person or whatever but like uh no sorry the second one was against like a um aztec dude i think but anyways at the end of it all like you'd collect all these themed pieces and then like a- if you can like obviously beat the whole game you have like all these pieces you can like make your different cars and, and trade them out and the cool thing was the more bricks you put on it it would start handling differently at certain thresholds so like you make a heavier car with like a really wide, you know, frame, or if you choose a, a you know, a longer frame, all those things would have slight impacts on how you handled. So it wasn't just aesthetics. It was also a little bit of player preference too. So, um, oh, the game was so good. I went back and like replayed it in high school and loved it. I even played it a little bit in college and loved it. And if I could, if I could find a version today, I guarantee you, I would spend dozens of hours replaying it from the start to finish again. It's that good of a game. It absolutely holds up because I've played it at three points in my life to the point of like beating the whole game. So like Lego Racers, man, it is the biggest both nostalgia pick, but also the game that I'm like desperately like, please, when I like, I don't know why they would ever make a remake, but if they did shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually looked for it to see if I could find it on good old games, and you can't find it, unfortunately, because oh, uh, oh, oh. there were a couple of games that I wouldn't have minded testing, and of course, other games that people know that I love that have stood the test of time are like Heroes of Might and Magic 3, which might be one of my so favorite good. games of all time, so I'm sure good. Age of Mythology, which was my favorite Age of Empires version, I'm sure that stands the test of time as well, I was even reminiscing about Chaos Island on the show when we recorded it before, which was mm-hmm. a RTS where it was in jurassic park and your your soldiers were the dinosaurs that you hatched from eggs and you built better hatcheries and stole eggs from dinosaur nests in order from wild dinosaur nests in order to hatch um bigger and nastier dinosaurs the Uh, way the way it was pitched to me for our audience i'd never heard of this thing before the way it was pitched to me was it was uh a mashup of roller coaster tycoon and starcraft but jurassic park themed and I was like, yo, dinosaurs, I'm about it. Yeah, it's it was Let's a really go. good game. Really fun. That sounds super so I'm sure good. there's a lot of other games that stand the test of time for me that I didn't think of or I haven't played in a long time. But I've talked about many of them on the show. And I know I never talked about Smash Brothers, so I had to bring that one up. Yeah, no, we you know, it's um 
it's always fun to kind of think about those nostalgia games. Everybody has them and they're all different. It's always fun to kind of uh, share stories and swap tales about uh, what we played back in the day. And, oh, you know, going back and playing them again is always just that interesting little aspect that it kind of reminds you and, and makes you really realize, hey, why did I love this so much? You mm -hmm. know, and, and it kind of makes you analyze it outside of just the the raw emotions attached to it. So I, I definitely loved this topic. If you guys ever have any topics that you think it would be fun for us to talk about and your, you know, or questions you guys want us to answer, you can go over to the Patreon uh, exclusive channel within our uh, Discord and post them there, interact with other patrons, and generally give us feedback on our Patreon supporter uh you know goals and and um uh rewards and whatnot uh, you know we definitely wanted to give something back to you guys which is why we're doing this show so if you have any suggestions for that definitely get on over there thank you guys as always so much for your support of the show we absolutely love doing it and we love talking with you guys getting to know you all in our discord and it's just become such a honest to goodness pleasure to get to record every week uh, and and then talk about them with you guys. So thank you so much. I still don't have an outro for the mulligan. I may never have an outro for the mulligan, so we'll just end it here.